you're listening to Mysteries Beyond. What mysteries lie beyond the reach of our senses? And who are you in this vast multiverse? Hello, and welcome to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender. Welcome back to the first episode of the second season. I hope that everyone had a wonderful holiday, and I am so excited to be back. We are going to start out this season with a listener request. Shout out to Miriam, who reached out to me by email and requested that I do an episode on Incubi, plural for Incubus. And right off the bat, I feel I should add a sort of warning or disclosure that this episode contains mature content and or sexual content that will be mentioned. All right, so the first thing that comes to mind when I hear the word incubus is, of course, the band. Um, I think it's safe to say that most of us do. (laughs) But what exactly is an incubus? Well, to put it plainly, an incubus, or an incubi, are demons. They're demons who have sex with humans. More specifically, they're demons who take the form of males, who then attack mostly younger virgin women, but overall women in general. And they usually do this while they are sleeping. So, when the victim is most vulnerable. But... Because demons don't have physical bodies, and therefore no sex organs, they must use their spirit bodies. Sex is not possible for a demon because they don't have a natural gender. And actually, they're known to be both in a way. When they choose to take the form of a male, they can manifest male parts and are known as incubi. They can also choose to take the form of a female with female parts in order to seduce males while they sleep, and they are known as succubus, or succubi for plural. It is one entity that can swap genders depending on what it needs. And just to add a little word origin here, incubus comes from the Latin word incubare, which means to lie on, and incubo, which means nightmare. The word succubus also comes from the Latin word succubare, which sub means under, and cubare means to lie. So, to lie under, or to lie beneath, which is the position that the males take when they are attacked by a succubus because she's always dominant. From the moment she infiltrates the mind of the man to the moment she physically engages him, she is always in control. And so what does the demon get out of this? You might wonder. What does it gain? Well, in short, it drains you of your energy, your life force. It is said by many men and women who have had this experience that when an incubus encounters and preys on a woman, 
he can be very violent and very aggressive, and will sometimes even cover their mouth so that they can't breathe or scream. He will also take precautions to prevent her from interfering, and will put her in a trance-like state and or paralyze her. On the other hand, when a succubus preys upon men, she is much more seductive. These two types of demons are also known to bring about the deterioration of health and cause dementia, mental anguish, decay, and in the most severe of cases, death. And so while there are those few cases where humans seem to get pleasure out of their demon encounters, it is said that repeated encounters, maybe about over a month, can lead to the victim wanting more and more sexual relations, which then results, most commonly, in the victim going insane due to the amount of life force they have lost. According to legend, another reason they have sexual intercourse with humans is to produce offspring. A demon cannot give life because life proceeds from the soul. But a demon can possess a body, preserve the human semen, and use it to pass on life. A succubus-slash-incubus-human hybrid is called a cambion. Now, according to a section of a book called Hammer of Witches by Henrik Kramer, a well-known source of witchcraft, he states that a succubus only wants the sperm to then give it to an incubus so that he can impregnate the human female, and this is how demons can reproduce. It's not explained in detail, but once the child is born, it is thought that they are born deformed or inclined for evil. They are also known to be very persuasive and very sensitive to possession, as well as supernatural influences, and have magical or demonic abilities. Also, I thought this was very interesting. You know the magician Merlin from King Arthur? So Merlin, he was once said to be fathered by an incubus. Okay, and some historical background. The first known incubus dates back all the way to Mesopotamia and is known as Lilu. Lilu is the male counterpart of Lilitu, later known as Lilith the first known succubus. He was the only one who matched her sexual appetite and vengeance of the children of Adam and Eve. Lilith is also associated with sleep paralysis, and usually when they take the male life force, they can take it by force. But in most cases, there's no resistance. Ludovico Sinistrati an Italian Franciscan priest and author, was considered an expert on exorcism. He stated that incubi do not obey exorcists, have no dread on exorcisms, and show no aversion to holy objects. (laughs) And so one way to help stop these attacks would be to go to confession regularly to prevent you from being a victim of any kind of spiritual warfare. It's very interesting to note that 
cultures all over the world have sexual driven demons. For example, in German folklore, they have the Alp, a vampire like creature who visits its victims at night. In Norse folklore, they call it a mare, a demonic being that sits on a sleeping person's chest and causes them to have nightmares. In African folklore, they have the Popobawa, a shape shifting evil spirit who stalks victims at night from the shadows. In Chilean folklore, they have the Trauco, a small, ugly humanoid creature who attracts and attacks women. And so they say, if you've ever had an experience during sleep paralysis, it may have been the closest thing to a demon encounter that a person can have. I now would like to share with you an incubus experience that Miriam had and was very kind enough to allow me to share it with the rest of you. I have suffered from it off and on for the past 17 years, and just last year, it started up again. I would always try to fight it off when I felt a presence on top of me, but this was different. It felt like it was forcing itself on top of me in a sexual manner and got pleasurable to the point where I stopped fighting it and actually came to orgasm. It was not a dream. It has not happened again in the same forceful manner, but I did have another similar experience, not sure how long after. This felt different, in that it felt like I recognized it. Can an incubus take a familiar form? It felt very real, and I was lucid but not paralyzed. I wrote back to Miriam and told her that her experience sounds extremely intense, and that I wondered if maybe she had been in a vulnerable state emotionally. Because that might sound like a good enough reason to attack. And also, she did mention she tried to fight it, and maybe that's the energy that it wanted from her. And the fear and the struggle only intensified that. So maybe it was its way of consuming her energy. And to answer her question of whether or not an incubus can change its form to maybe someone she might know or someone familiar, I would say yes. If the demon is seeking to take your life force, why wouldn't it morph itself to be someone who you find attractive or physically appealing? What do you guys think? Well guys, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that you guys enjoyed the episode. And if so, go ahead and subscribe so that you may be notified of all other future episodes. And remember, I do have an Etsy shop called Laura Jean Candles. I sell intention candles for love, success, protection. So go ahead and check them out if you want to support the podcast. And that's one way that you can do it. And I would truly appreciate it. And if you simply want to make a small donation, you can do so at www.mysteriesbeyond.com. Also, follow us on social media on Facebook at Mysteries Beyond and or on Instagram at lauralavender.mb. And lastly, if you have any questions or any feedback or if there's simply anything that you just feel like sharing, 
you can email me at lauralavender.mb at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender, and I'll see you guys next episode.